employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to a Football Friday. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you, and we appreciate you tuning in here uh, this morning. Uh, here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We'll be joined in about 10 minutes by Chris Williams, who covers Iowa State for CycloneFanatic.com, also Iowa Everywhere. He is up first. After that, we'll head to Las Vegas and catch up with our buddy Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circus Sports. Uh, Nick Athens going to give us a few minutes. ChiefsFocus.com will uh, take a look back at last night's uh, opening night in the NFL, pretty good football game. Uh, at least it was close, um, twenty-one to twenty. So we'll talk about that. Our number two, Bama Bob Trent, and I will go around college football, and then Tom Cakert on the Hawks before we give you our picks. Uh, before we slide out of here at uh, one o'clock, lots to get to. Cyhawk Week is coming to a close with the game tomorrow, but. Um, Boy, it's gone fast this week, too, has it not? (laughs) Jesus, unbelievable. So the game last night, real quick, let's spend a couple of minutes uh, on that. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a witch. Yeah. I mean, he's unbelievable, right? The 4th and 17. The 4th and 25 at the end of the game last night. He put the ball where it needed to be. Sky Moore could have made the catch. And drops are the conversation piece. Yeah, yeah. Now, you had something there. You said, who's going to catch it? Well, apparently nobody. Yeah. They Travis Kelsey get, will be back. Yeah, he will. And that will change things. It will. Kadarius Tony was just uh, putrid in the game last mm-hmm. night. Um, yeah, I mean, Kelsey, <laughs> it was kind of a glaring omission that he wasn't part of it last night. But look, if you're a Chiefs fan, yeah, you want to start 1-0. I get that. But you watched your team last night, and they're every bit as good as they were last year, right? It was a sloppy game last it, night. For both sides. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The Lions, the Lions turned it over a couple of times early in the game. Uh, Detroit's going to be a problem. They're going to be a problem, but if your takeaway is they're a Super Bowl contender... No, I don't think so. Pump the brakes on that. Because of Goff. Yeah. Uh, well, as much as very anything, sloppy. he is, and, and and Gibbs is going to get more playing time. Mm-hmm. A lot of fantasy owners pissed off that Montgomery got more playing time than he did last night. Uh, a- Aiden Hutchinson is a pain in the you know what. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good football team. Sam Laporta, how about that? Man, he looks apart. Holy he? mackerel! Um, just goes from one eye with tight end to the other, right? right. Hawkinson, eighth overall. Was he eighth overall, I think? Uh, of course, now he got paid in Minnesota, but mm-hmm. uh, here comes Laporta. Jack Campbell making plays last yes. night. He Dick Buckus loves place. him. Does he? Yeah, I saw that Is that, that right? Before the game, he was saying, my favorite player right now, something like that, is yeah. Jack Campbell. And then during the game, I saw him tweet again. I told you guys something like is that. that. Yeah. So Dick Butkus tweets. Yeah, he does. Dick for, uh, good yes. for Butkus. I think at the real Dick Butkus, I think, is, is his he? Twitter handle. How old yeah. would he be now? It's got to be 70, what, two, three, mm, early 70s? I was thinking a little north of that even. Really? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. Mid-7. Now, my memories of Dick Buckus is when he was the school counselor on, what was it, uh, Saved by the Bell, the no college idea. I didn't know he was an actor. <laughs> was he really? Yeah, that, that's, how, that's how I know Buckus, because that was before my time. Played, and he is 80 years old. Is he that old? He's oh, my 80. God. Well, remember how old you are. No. <laughs> yes, Trent. Don't want to. Uh-huh. Don't 65 want to. in December, but who's counting? I'm not. 
Jesus. You got a lot left in the tank. I hope, brother. I hope. Keep me going. Yes, absolutely. Um, and and keeps me going. God, I live for this game. I truly love this football game. It's um, and you know what? I want to stop for just a second. The folks over at TV thirteen, mm-hmm. Murph and Fails and uh, Sears and Wilson, um, and Freund. And Scott Sipker's a part of it. What a brilliant job they do. What a brilliant job they do. Whoever thought of this and taking this to small town Iowa. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. I know that, yeah, media, media loving on the media, typical, right? But this, it's such a great. Iowa thing. It's ragbri for football is what it is. It's going around to small town Iowa. I just am in awe every year by what the, what these guys, A, they're funny, mm-hmm. they're witty, and they're willing to go out. They, do they still spend the night in yes, these towns? I absolutely. think they do, right? I could uh, cut them a little slack now that they're all getting older if they don't want to do that. But And the towns just eat it up. A couple of years ago, I went up and I had to grab the equipment from them after their show. And it was obviously on Friday as I grabbed it for high school yeah. football. And at the end of the week. Oh, they got to be gassed. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> because also those guys like to put the, as you like to say, the fun meter in the red. Right. They're not going and no. having a nice glass of red wine afterwards. No. There's a couple of barley pops Just after. winding down. <laughs> putting and their feet no, up. They're, they're having a good time and yeah. it's a long week. Yeah. But they do a great job. They, they really do. do. Yeah. Those small communities. I'm from a small town. I'm a sure. small town guy. I'm going to a small town to call a game tonight and I'm excited for it. Where are you? ADM 8L. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's your only time this year you'll get there, right? Yep. Yep. Get to see them and get to see Brevin Dahl in mm-hmm. person, future Iowa Hawkeye. Who and, you're friends with his father. Yeah. And right. mom. Oh, and mom too. Yeah, mom. Well, mom and I were in the same grade. We were oh, in class okay. together. Yeah, Shailen's one of my one of my best friends growing up. All oh, nice. Throughout. And you know, it's it's really cool seeing Brevin grow up. Yeah. Seeing him as a little kid. Yeah. His dad's really tall. He played basketball at Simpson. He's six six. Brevin's not that tall, but when he was little, he'd always ask, "Dad, am I going to be as tall as you?" <laughs> Didn't yeah. quite get there. Yeah. Didn't quite get there, but just an opportunity to see him. And I love small school football. You know, mm-hmm. I I try to bounce around and do something different every single year. Yeah, it's easy to do every Dowling game right. or every Valley game or every, all the heavy heads. And, and I'll see them all. Sure you will. But this was an opportunity. Lewis Central comes in. Well, she got upset last week by a point. Yeah. But they were number one for most. I mean, most people still believe they're probably the top team. So an opportunity to see them. They got some big prospects themselves. So should be a fun one tonight. Good. And we'll That's get right on the back bowl. to it. On the Bull, 96.9, and you can also find it on the iHeartRadio app. Just search 96.9 The Bull for free. And We course, don't charge you. Nope, absolutely. I, Sean Roberts always tweets that after yeah. you put it out there. He puts that disclaimer. Uh, and Joe Stacy and company will be in studio mm-hmm. here, and they'll be found out across Central Iowa. Football Friday night gets underway uh, at 6 o'clock. So did you learn more about the Chiefs or, or the Lions last night? Uh, it's a great question because I don't think I have a definitive a- answer because – I mean, I said it right at the top. My notes sloppy, yep. sloppy on both sides. Yep. It wasn't. It wasn't anything where I said, "All right, the Chiefs are in trouble off this loss. The Lions are no. better than I thought." They're two talented teams yep. that are still finding their way, and we can talk about the three preseason games and the limited ability that we see from teams of playing in preseason, playing the starters, and you can get all that. Obviously, you're missing Kansas City's missing missing their second and third best players. Yes, that's a great way to put it. And those guys are going to be back. Uh-huh. It's not like they're out for the season. Nope. They're going to be back, and it's going to look like a different Kansas City team. But Detroit's got one in the back pocket now. And I believed, I think, more than you that this is going to be a really tight race, that it's going to be you know, 9-8, and 10-7 and seven will win it. This is one when most Lions fans were W and L and things. Yeah. They didn't have this one in green in right. the W column. No. This was a red mark. 
And now you're already working ahead of the pace. That very well could be the huge. difference in this division. Yep, huge. Um, man, the more I watch Jared Goff, I mean, he's, he makes some plays, I get it, but um, it just doesn't look like a guy that can lead a team. And I know he's been there uh, before. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I just, anyways. Uh, the, look, I, I think, as I said, I think the Chiefs are every bit as good. And I think you're, for your Chiefs fan, you, uh, yep, that one got away. Uh, but your receivers couldn't catch a cold last night, which was unbelievably bad. Um, but uh, I think you're going to be fine. Detroit, on the other hand, they got some dudes. They got some real dudes. Good to see David Montgomery. Um, he had a big night last night. I get it why they want to see Gibbs. I mean, he's got that elite turn of foot, right? He's got the speed that's going to uh, uh, be able to uh, leave some dudes behind. Anyways, we'll get to Chris Williams coming up here in five minutes. We're going to start with something a little bit different from Chris when we get to him. I, I mean, <laughs> what what goes through his mind? What honestly? He's, he's not- built differently. He. He's programmed differently. Yes, absolutely. He's a weird cat. And he took it to another level today. Oh, did he ever. We'll start with that in a minute. But let's get Jeff in here real quick before we get to Chris Williams. Jeff, thanks for being patient. How are you? Good. Uh, A couple quick things about last night's game. You know, you guys had Mitch Holtis on it. And I want to make sure I got this right. But what the hell was he saying about how Travis Kelsey wasn't going to be a big deal at all? That was the first question you asked him, and I, I thought that was a little bit head-scratching. I don't know if he was trying to just try to push one by us. Or was it the injury? The was it the injury he was talking about not being a big well, deal? No, I thought he said that they weren't going to miss a beat without him. I thought well. one of you two asked him that, and I'm not that dumb. It was a huge deal, number one. Right. Number two, having Jones in the, in the stadium watching, to me, that's a slap in the face. Your teammates, I understand the teammates aren't going to talk about his contract. Mm-hmm. But you're telling me that he can't be down on the field and helping out his defensive teammates about, hey, try to do this, or hey, can you do that, or hey, this is what I missed. Him just being in the press box eating some popcorn? If I'm a teammate, and I won't say this publicly, I would be pissed off. They need him. Am I wrong there? No, they absolutely need him. I think if they didn't unveil the banner last night, I don't think he's there. Mm-hmm. Um in in all likelihood, he just wanted to be a part and see the ceremony. Look, he's got a dispute. He's going to stand on that hill through eight games. He's going to be he's going to be back on the field. But I mean, he is one of the top two, three, four best defensive players in the league. True. Uh, Mid second quarter, first quarter. I don't know if you touched base on this. Dan Campbell going for it, fourth down inside oh, twenty five. Yeah. I'm barely getting about ball. You talk about balls. He's swinging I mean, a pair. That's a pair. And let's. I just want to put a little parallel here. Um, how about Sean Payton going an offsides kick in the Super Bowl? Yeah. We talk about balls. Yeah. I just want to throw that. No, out that's, the all-timer. that's the all timer. That's the all timer, right? Yeah. Um, we talked about Chiefs receivers. Them not getting Hopkins in the preseason or you know in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Looking back at it now, and I don't want to be hyperbolic here, but you guys touched about the drops. Where was Sky Moore last night? That was nowhere to be. He found. didn't catch a pass. He didn't. He didn't have one reception. I don't know how many targets, but the ball at the fourth and twenty-five, it hits. Yeah, it's a tough catch, but he's an NFL receiver. The ball hits him in the hands. Well, and let's talk about that fourth down. They have three timeouts. They got no two. two I, th- I thought only two. I thought they had three. Okay. Well, let's two, okay. Let's say two in the in the in the two minute the two minute. One. Right there, you okay. go. Yeah. Why are, are we talking borderline cockiness? Yeah, you got Mahomes. You got Andy Reid. Well, but you know no reason why. 
Let me point this out, Jeff, and I saw this okay. on Twitter. This isn't me coming up with this. I think it was a brilliant idea. So it's 4th and 25. You snap the ball to Mahomes. He runs around. He goes back inside his own 10-yard line. Um, no, the Lions only had two timeouts. So he... Or the, the Chiefs only had two timeouts. So he goes back inside his own 10-yard line, say the 8-yard line. He takes a knee, right? There's a minute okay. whatever is left on the clock. Detroit cannot run the clock out. They're either going to be forced to kick a field goal or score a touchdown. That's an eight-point deficit. The Chiefs would have gotten the ball back. They would have used their two timeouts because they only had two. I'm sure of that. Okay. Um, Detroit would have been, you know, it essentially would have guaranteed you would have been able to get at least one more possession. I love the idea. Okay. Right. I think it's brilliant. Uh, that, I do, too. Uh, I'll go with that idea. I'll leave you with this, just on a defensive side. Um, maybe I, I hope I'm saying the name right. Nick Bolton, and I'm not a. He's a player. He's a player. He's a player. Yeah. I I, I wanted to buy his jersey last night. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. he is awesome to see. But last thing, I know I, I got to go. Last thing, I'm. I think the Lions are for real. Like I saw last night. I think Ken, you were saying Jared Goff. He's he he looked really great, good last night. Him and Brown, that little one-two tandem they have. And Montgomery looked fresh. Mm-hmm. I don't want again. I don't want to jump out the window, but the Lions, to me, I thought they looked really good last night to win a huge game on the road. You guys have a yeah. good weekend. Enjoy the Iowa State game. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Yeah, we're talking about the Lions, right? I mean, this is huge for their fan base. All right, Chris Williams, Cyclone fanatic, Iowa everywhere. Let's get him in here first of all, so he can hear it without being on hold. Chris, I have no idea how your mind works. <laughs> Sometimes I truly don't. What caused you to? Uh, get out your debit card and to go and find, of all things, um, what's his name? William Hung, who I know yeah. you've had some fun with in the past. <laughs> um, but for you to actually reach out to this dude and spend your own hard-earned money on the following is just, I, I have no idea how your mind works. Hey, everyone. This is William Hung from American Idol. And here is a song for you. We will fight by fight for Iowa State and make her colors ever fly. Yes, we'll fight, fight, fight for Iowa State with the will to do all that. Rah, 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 love stands forever true. We will fight that battle through. And when we hit the line, we'll hit it hard every yard for ISU. Beat the Hawkeyes. So, how long have you been holding on to this one for, Chris? Uh, like twenty-four hours. Oh, so I, uh, recent? Okay, yeah. I uh, I actually put in the request, and I didn't. I, I, it just it was like a middle of the night thing. I was like, oh my god! Like this is what I do at two o'clock in the morning. I'm yeah. sitting around thinking, how can I have some fun with the hawk? And and it hit my mind. I was like, I should go on cameo and see if William Hung can sing the fight song. Oh my god! Nailed it, and he did. And what, yeah, I nailed it. What did like it cost you? He put on the end. Yes. It was fantastic. Yeah. I even gave him a tip. I gave him a five dollar tip because I thought he just knocked it out of the park. Uh, so what? What was the total? What? What did it end up costing you? Hundred twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, that's not bad <laughs> no. at all. That's cheap. No. That was cheaper than Bob yeah. Stoops and Fran McCaffrey making fun oh of Brian Ferris. Oh my God, that was that was uh, that's all timer. <laughs> that that there is the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it's so good. Really it's is. so good. Your family loves you. Your dad loves you. <laughs> So, Nailed it! Like it is so iconic. Whoever <laughs> yeah. did that, and yeah. then just like 
think about McCaffrey like walking back into like a Sadman <laughs> meeting or something yeah. like that after. Oh my god, it's yeah. so price. Unbelievable. Yeah, no, I so I do this thing with my staff where like every couple of or a couple <laughs> times a year, I get William Hung to like give him like words of advice, <laughs> and I just send it to him. And yeah, I I don't know. I'm a I'm a different cat. Yeah, you, you are. I'm, yeah, you are. You know, Understatement of the day. Don't try and put me in a box. Nope, because you don't can't know do what's going to come out. Nope, can't do it. Oh boy, oh boy. Well, I got to think there's going to be a lot of defenses in a box tomorrow as we segue to Cyhawk. Um, what's the key to this football game for both? Is it whoever has more success running the football is going to win? Of course, turnovers are going to play a role, but, man, yeah. I see this. Whoever can run the football has got a chance um, to come out on top. Couldn't agree more with you, especially from an Iowa State standpoint, because just, I mean, I would even I would still give the edge to Iowa quarterback, even with a banged-up McNamara, yeah. just because he's seen these things before, right? And, you know, like we've seen so many times in the Seahawk game where Iowa State can't run the ball and then they get forced into doing dumb things. We've seen Brock Purdy do it, crying out loud. We've seen Austin Arnott do it. We name a quarterback. They've all done it, where they just get lured into those throws across the middle from the Iowa defense, and then you got three interceptions and the game's over. So, yeah, like it, Iowa State to be able to score. They've got to take pressure off of Rocco Beck and not make him be the focal point of this thing. Because if that's the case, I mean, I think you're looking at a two-three turnover game, and and that'll be that'll do it. I don't think Iowa State can win it with three turnovers like they did last year. It was a I still don't know how they won that game with the fumbles the way that they had it. Whatever, but yeah, I mean, and, and the same with Iowa, right? I mean, if if Iowa State can, you know, shut down that running game. And now you're looking at a one-dimensional Kate McNamara, and I'll put mm-hmm. Iowa State secondary up against the Iowa passing attack any day. Yep. They've got safeties that can come up, I think, pretty pretty well to play those tight ends. So it's like I'm right there. I think that that's the number one key for me. And then the second thing would be special teams. Don't put yourself in stupid positions. And – it's weird because Iowa State was good on special teams last week, and Iowa struggled. I don't anticipate that'll be a thing with the Hawkeyes, though. It just that felt like a first game type deal. I'm more curious: can Iowa State do it twice? Mm-hmm. Right, like that's the bigger question mark for me. They were elite last week on special mm-hmm. teams. The gap closed. Can they do that again? And and I don't know. We'll have to see. So. One thing that Phil Parker did a couple of times ago in Ames, not the game with game day there, but the one previous, the 18-17 game, is Brock Purdy was doing whatever he wanted. I think at one point he was like 14-15, to 15, and then he dialed yeah. up the pressure. Do you anticipate Parker's going to do that right away, or is it still going to be that feeling out process that he normally does? What do you think the, the game plan against a new quarterback in Rocco Breck, what you expect to see from Iowa? That's a good question. I think Iowa State... Um semi-prepared for that with their tight ends. They're a lot better at tight end this year than that of a year ago. But, yeah, if if I am – you know, I think Iowa needs to get off to a good start tomorrow. Um, I do think that that crowd and this this Iowa State feels a little bit, you know, reinvigorated after this gambling deal. And it's just they they looked better last week. And I I think that they have a a lot of confidence. So I think if you can – if you're Phil Parker and you can force a turnover early, you do it. I don't. I don't know what he will do. Both of these coordinators are kind of. I always tell Iowa State fans like the worst drive you're going to see by the defense is usually the first or the second yep. because 
you know, Haycock just, he doesn't put any of the cards on the table and then he, then he starts to get more exotic with things. And I don't know, like, I, I kind of feel like that might change for Iowa State. I don't know against Iowa Trent. You probably have better insights than me, but if, if I were playing against Iowa State, I would get after that quarterback early because he was 10 of 13 last week and he was fine, mm-hmm. but he didn't connect on anything really hard. He was just kind of managing the football game. The Rocco Beck has never really seen adversity. And that's what I would game. do. Yeah, that, that would be my yeah. game plan right away is come after him. Yeah. And, and make him uncomfortable. Don't let him get in rhythm. They got tight ends. They got receivers. They got dudes out there. I'd be bringing the pressure early, but you're exactly right. I think Parker, much like Aycock, they're two guys. Let's see what they're doing. We'll figure it out. And then the adjustments on the fly, both those guys are wizards at that. And and still, in, I mean, we don't really know about Iowa State's offensive line. We don't really know anything about these running backs. I am confident in their tight ends. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I think that they're pretty good. They're just young, and we haven't heard much of them. Mm-hmm. But e- even bringing pressure, I mean, that'll help you in the run game. I sell out and make Rocco Beck beat you early, and if he does, then you can adjust to that. But that that's definitely how I would go at it and dare him to do. You know, we've seen I would do this to millions of quarterbacks in the last fifteen, and usually college quarterbacks don't have the patience. And they end up getting picked off by Cooper DeGene. You know, that's just <laughs> how it, it right. usually ends up that way. Yeah. There's no reason to think Rocco Beck can go out there and carve him up. Now, crazier things have happened in this rivalry. But, yeah, I, I like Iowa's chances to force some turnovers there. But then on the other end, it's just I, I really am a huge believer in Haycock's defense. I, I'm not going to go and say they're the best that he's had because last year is pretty freaking good despite a 4-8. and eight, But... I love their secondary guys because what it's done, and you saw it early last week, is he is so confident to send linebackers now. Mm-hmm. You know, and because he can go one on one in the secondary with complete confidence that those guys are going to be covered up. Malik Verdon and the Iowa tight ends is the key matchup for me. I think he'll lead the team in tackles tomorrow. Because uh, I don't think Iowa's wide receivers are going to have much space, right, with those corners. So then it comes to me on Cooper and Verdon coming up on those tight ends. How do they match up? That's, to me, the most interesting part of that. Because I just don't know. Like, will Iowa be able to run the football? They had, they struggled against Utah State. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to tomorrow. That's, that's my analysis on Iowa, too. It's like I think their defense will be fine. Special teams will be fine. Again, I'm still even – 50% McNamara is better than what they've had. But I don't, I'm don't. i not sold that that offensive line is a lot better than it was a year ago. Yeah, it didn't look like it uh, in week one. Chris, are you like most that think that this is a low-scoring game? Have you seen yeah, talk to anybody uh, yeah. that think the number goes over the total? Palm. <laughs> does Mike, does he really? Good, he's coming up next. I'll ask him. Well, yeah, he said, he told me that he, he's interested because this weird stuff happened. He, I don't think he's betting it, but I, I think he said he would warn people on the under because weird stuff happens in this game and then all of a sudden you got a special teams touchdown and right yeah. seen that a lot but i i think this is 16 13 mm-hmm. 17 20 that type of a game i just i cannot imagine either of these offenses going crazy and if it does if it is high scoring i agree it's a pick six somewhere it's you know somebody fumbles and it's a scoop and score i just and I, I don't – Iowa's a, more of a wild card to me is what will they do offensively because we don't really know yet. They still have all these 
new players and you've got the whole contract thing. But like with Iowa State, like I can tell you they'll milk the clock, use these clock rules to their advantage. Mm-hmm. They're going to shorten this thing up and they're going to play to win with their defense. Yes, yeah, they did and last week. What, 45 uh, offensive snaps, something crazy like that. 45 plays. Unbelievable. Well, in college football last week. It's unreal. Chris, we're out of time, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, Iowa everywhere, Cyclone fanatic. What time do you guys go on the uh, Come on Kicks and Know Tomorrow with your pregame shows? Like 11.30? Yeah, 2.30 kicks, so we will be on at 11.30. Good yep, stuff. Three hours before kick. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yep. Take care. Talk to you next week. Well done with the William Hung stuff. Unbelievable. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Just amazing. Uh, anyways, we'll take a time out. Uh, speaking of Mike Palm, he will join Trent and I next. Miller and Condon. Off to Vegas we will go with Don Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. You know, we're here until 1 o'clock. Still to come this hour, we'll talk to Nick, Nick Athen, ChiefsFocus.com. Bama Bob Trent and I will go around college football to start our number two, Tom Cakert, on the Hawks uh, as well. Right now, he's Vice President of Operations at Circus Sports. Circus Sports available in the state of Iowa. You can download the app at the App Store. And Mike Palm joins us. Hello, Mike Trent and Ken. Thanks for coming on. How was the result last night for Circa? I'm guessing... Uh, probably not good. Am I wrong? You're wrong, and dead wrong again. Uh, <laughs> it's streaks intact. <laughs> we needed the lion uh, at the end of the day, and we needed the under more than we needed the lion. So the dead game was uh, pretty much a dead under. Um, yeah. I said to Bill Cramsey, who was sitting next to me, if the Lions take the opening kickoff, that's a first-half underplay, right? I mean, they're not going to score quickly. That's the thing with Pump. He's not really going to stretch the field, and that offensive line was as advertised. They moved mm-hmm. people off the ball. I could count on one hand the number of times the running back was contacted at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. They opened holes. Look at the end of the game. Look, Andy Reid, and, and I was sitting there, and he said, what the hell is he doing? Fourth and 20, fourth and, you know, why isn't he punting? He's got three timeouts. He knew he couldn't stop the Lions. He knew if he gave the ball back, they're going to, and they did. They ran three times. They got a first down. He had to take that chance. So, but it was a good result for us. A nice start to the NFL season. We did take a six-figure bet on the Chiefs, which uh, helped sway the result on the side. Good stuff there. So, as we look forward to Sunday, Week One of the NFL, how nuts is it going to be inside that oh ridiculous, <laughs> amazing sports book at Circa? Regardless of what the, the schedule of games was, it's become the third biggest weekend for us. Wow. Behind March Madness and Super Bowl. Um, so it, it's sold out for months and months and months. Plus, you got a compelling slate of games. I really oh. love this week one lineup. No, it's, it's it's terrific. We were talking about a couple of them last night. I mean, there's games that are flying under the radar. San Francisco and the Steelers is a really big spot. Tennessee, New Orleans. There's some good Philadelphia, New England, and bettable games, Mike. That Philadelphia, New England. Let me ask you about this one. We didn't touch on it on our uh, Iowa Ever on the Hook podcast, part of Iowa Everywhere last night. Philadelphia. I would think that um, they would be more of a favorite over New England. Yet they're not. What am I missing on the Patriots? I think, well, I don't know what you're missing on the Patriots. I think it's the Philadelphia side. This is a little bit like the transfer portal in college football. I mean, it's like a new coach and, and half a new team. They, they lose seven starters, five on the defensive side of the ball, and both coordinators. 
So I think the uncertainty lies on the Philadelphia side. Uh, I, that's a great matchup. I've got the sound uh, scheduled for San Francisco at Pittsburgh. I think that's the premier mm. matchup of the morning. Uh, although I'm, I'm dying to see Cleveland and Cincinnati. I think that's a little more of a regional game uh, than national. But, I mean, that's a compelling storyline. You mentioned Tennessee and New Orleans. We're seeing Tennessee money here. That game went from three and a half to three, and it's three juice uh, to Tennessee. So you might even see that get below three. So we're seeing Titans money. I mean, my God, the Titans are like 170 to one to win the Super Bowl. I mean, they're absolutely dismissed, but we're seeing money here in in week one. Uh, Good action, two-way on Atlanta and Carolina as well by Jeff's debut, but we all know a rookie hasn't won their, their, their first game since David Carr in 2002, so that might be a sneaky survivor play. Dallas and the Giants, I mean, Miami and the Chargers. you got a, a Bears and Packers in week one. I mean, what a lineup. Yeah, and then Monday night <laughs> with Aaron Rodgers against Josh Allen. Hello. Well, as you know, Mike, we got plenty of Bears and Packers fans here in our market. What are you seeing there? Very tight point spread. Bears, a slight favorite at home currently at Circa. What are you seeing in that one? So, I, I, I don't like this phrase, but it comes to mind for this game, pros versus Joes. Almost, you know, all the sharper or more professional money is on the Packers. But a ton of public money invests on the Bears in this game at home. It's keeping the line steady at one. But it's it's really, there's a dichotomy of who's betting which side. Uh, I want to go to college and uh, bring up what I guess is going to be the the, the biggest right for you guys is going to be the early. It's 9 a.m. In, in, in Pacific time zone, so that's why I, I'm hedging a little bit to say that this will be the biggest game of the weekend, uh, Nebraska and Colorado. But, God, the public is eating this game up, Mike. Is it going to be reflected at the windows? Will this be one of your bigger games uh, for Saturday? Colorado DCU is our fourth biggest game, so think about that. Wow. Um, this last weekend, it may be. Fox is doing a great job lining up these games, getting Prime Coach Prime in, in this early window while there's high hope and so much buzz. I'm going to be on uh, the show here at Lombardi Line coming up in, in just about 20 minutes with Mike Pritchard, and we have Solomon Wilcox as a guest. So I'm be, I'll be surrounded by Buffaloes. We'll have a lot of we'll have a lot of of, uh, of, of Folsom Field fever uh, over the next hour for me. The action in this game. Both ways. I mean, we opened five, which is a seven-and-a-half-point swing from a look-ahead line, uh, with a total of 66, 65, goes from 65 to 56, now back up over 60. The line went from five to two, now at three, maybe headed to three-and-a-half. I don't know, but, uh, you know, a lot of people want this Colorado team to do well. I think, I'm not saying I'm going to play the game, but I think we're dismissing Nebraska a little bit. You know, they're at 96% to win that game. They fumbled the ball with four minutes. They're supposed to have gone up to Minneapolis and won their opening Big Ten road game, which shows signs of improvement since Matt Rule has gotten there. Let's get into the Cyhawk game, the number currently four. A little bit different juice, though, minus 105 right now. If you're laying the four with Iowa, minus 115 with the Cyclones as they get the four in that one. What have you seen in this one? Action one way or the other, and it feels like everybody wants to bet the under, too. Well, you hit it on the head. Um, it goes to four, and then it goes to three and a half, right? So the four is juiced to the dog. The three and a half juiced to the favorite. Sort of toggles back and forth. We opened the total, 35, and it went up to 36 and a half. I, I told Ken yesterday, I don't bet the Cy, um, Cy Hawk game under. 
because there just seems to be a lot of non-offensive touchdowns in the series. There's a defensive touchdown. There's a, a block kick, a kick return. I just feel the game sort of gets there. If you, if you just went by offense from scrimmage, it wouldn't. But I'm going to stay away from that total. I I, I have a hard time. Uh, I have a hard time taking three and a half or four here. Actually, I would probably be on the Iowa side. I, I know. People are upset. I said I, I was disappointed, but I mean, my God, two, I know they got to a big lead, but still, uh, 240 yards off. I know they only had 45 snaps. I get it, but still, they're not gonna they're not gonna beat Iowa with 45 snaps and no production in the second half. They were only two of 11 on third down. We're talking about you and I here. Yeah. This is this is not a you and I team that was a top four seed in the playoffs in that division every year. Okay, so I uh, I, I I think. Um, Iowa State will slow the game down. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, McNamara has uh, no no ability to move at all. So, mm-hmm. to your point, the game's supposed to play out 13-10, 17-13, something like that. But we'll see what happens. I, I just hope that the game can go underway and people can enjoy themselves and uh, the focus isn't on who wins the straw poll. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Hey, uh, speaking of a different kind of straw poll you guys had out there, Brian Ferentz and the offense doesn't get to 25 points in game one. You guys had that prop up before the game went off last week against Utah State. What did you end up seeing uh, with the action over under 25 points per game for the Hawkeyes this season? You know, we're going to need it under, actually. They bet it to the over, which mm. was the favorite, but it's a very small difference. I think we wrote almost 10,000 on it, so that's wow. not bad. Yeah, uh, But a lot of bets. You know, a, a lot of a lot of twenties and fifties and hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, you're behind the eight ball, though. You you've got to put up, you know, thirty five or forty on Utah State. <laughs> this is no good. Uh, they're they're not. I I I would be shocked if they get to twenty five against in, in, in Jack Trice on Saturday. So they're going to be in trouble here now. I I you know, I think people holding an under ticket uh, with a plus price are in good shape. Well, and for the people that think, well, Western Michigan stinks next week, they'll put up forty nine. Are we sure McNamara is going to play in that game? Yeah, good point. Trent. That, that might be that get might out of there with a twenty-four to three win. And... Here comes Penn State. Yeah. Or if you go to Penn State in this case, that's an interesting point. Uh, Texas, Alabama. What kind of? Uh, I mean, it's prime time. Um, I got to think it's there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that game. I mean, NBC's got Charlotte and Maryland. How much did they pay for that <laughs> garbage? My God, uh, I thought they were getting about, into the college football business. How about how about Stormy? I asked her yesterday. I said, "Where are you going for ESPN?" Oh, I'm going to Florida A&M at Florida. So I mean, I mean, I said what? What? She says, well, we don't have the Big Ten now. So now we're picking up all these SEC plus games that they would have had on the SEC network. I said, oh my, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, Really uh, ridiculous. I mean, I mean, the game's not even lined, right? I mean, she can't even talk about about any kind of betting activity on the game on the sidelines. So, um, uh, I said this game will never. If you wanted to bet Alabama, do it. Several places have gone to seven and a half. It could never go to six and a half. Texas looks so pedestrian. Rice is awful, right? Rice is always, always awful. And they were very average against Rice. They had three drives. The first three drives of the second half, they scored touchdowns. Outside of that, Rice played them pretty even. It was, it, you know, wasn't auspicious. Now, remember the game in Austin. Alabama caught a ton of breaks to win that game last year. I, I think the boys in Tuscaloosa will be ready here. I think this will be a tough environment for Ewers. I like Alabama. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean I want to lay seven in a big spot. You uh, flew over the 8,000 uh, entries in Survivor. Will you um, get to the mid-fives in Circa Millions, Mike, do you think, or come up a little short on that number? 
No, I just pulled it at 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 nine thirty as as you guys called. We're at almost exactly off by like eighty three hundred and forty seven hundred. Today should be the biggest sign of day. I think we'll get nine hundred total. The mix will be important. I think we need to get to five thousand today. So uh, three hundred more, um, and maybe eighty seven hundred, eighty eight hundred in uh, Survivor. I, I would go under fifty five hundred. I think fifty three. 50 is probably my over-under number now with a day and a half to go. Any idea how many people grabbed the Lions last night in Survivor? I can't tell you. I do know. I can't tell you because we, we don't reveal it until Saturday uh, afternoon. Yep. Sure. But, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I said beforehand, I would be shocked if anybody took Kansas City last mm-hmm. night. The play was to take a shot with the Lions that you could rebuy if you had the bankroll. Yep. I'll just tell you this. It was five to one the number of KC picks to the number of Lion picks in Survivor last night. Good, (laughs) great. I could not not believe it. I I can't tell you the numbers, but the ratio was a little more than five to one. Unbelievable. Well, brace yourselves. Going to be a busy day in the book. I hear a lot of Charger Super Bowl money's coming in. Poor, poor folks. (laughs) Burn that money. (laughs) Give it to Catholic. Give it to Catholic charity. Don't set a bet on the Charger. Uh, have a great weekend, my friend. Thanks, Mike Palm. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the Cyhawk game. Indeed. Thanks. Thank you, Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circus Sports. Five to one. There's Thank a lot you. of folks that are on the sidelines already in Survivor. Thank Bang. you. Good. Keep making those mistakes, people. So 8,300, so probably get to what? 85. 85 well, maybe a little higher yeah, than 86, that. 86, 87. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome if there's. They miss. hit their overlay. And that eight million mark, oh boy! When it first came out, I, I remember you and I both looked at each other like, Ooh, yeah, "Yeah, that's hefty." That is hefty. And they cruised past it. They did. What, uh, a, what a gonna, great contest! But Derek's going to have to reach into his pocket for the circa millions. Yeah, just a couple hundred thousand. Right, it's marketing money. Right, exactly what it is. All good. Uh, Eleven forty-five. Nick Athen uh, has a Chiefs website. He's covered them for years. Chiefsfocus.com. Chiefsfocus.com. We'll pick Nick's brain. Did you hear Tariq? Now I never heard this. I might have shut. Must have shut the game off. Apparently, Tariqo at the end of the game said that win for Detroit needs to come with an asterisk. Oh, I didn't hear that, no. That'd piss me off if I was a Lions fan. I mean, these Lions fans, how long have they uh-huh. been suffering for? There was Forever. a lot of Honolulu blue, and you could hear that I early in the game. I was shocked, Trent, when they showed Arrowhead. There well, was a ton. They've been share, saving their money for the last 50 years. That's I mean, a good point. Got a lot in the back pocket. That's a good point, yeah. Be a big stage like that. Big win for that franchise. That's my great. good God. I, I'm with you. It's great for them. And, you know, my generation, there are quite a few Lions fans that jumped aboard. But why? Because of Barry Sanders. Oh, sure. He was so fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're in your formative years. Well, yeah. I want to watch this guy. And you yep. get to see him every Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. got to see him a lot, at least in my neck of the woods, because they played the Bears and the sure. Packers and the Vikings. So yep. they were on a lot. They had that run, 91. Had a couple other decent teams at that time. So Who was their quarterback? Was it Mitchell? Well, Scott Mitchell for a while. Rodney Pete. What number was he? 19, the lefty? I yes. think he was 19. Rodney Pete was 9. 9, yeah. Andre Ware, right. 11. Wow. Going back Last time they won a playoff game. The only time in the Super Bowl era they won a playoff game was that year when they won their divisional Mm. game and then got clubbed by Washington. They were due. Good to see. Um, A fun game last night. Chiefs are fine. Chiefs are absolutely fine. Uh, Chiefs focus. Nick Athen joins us next. We'll spend a couple of minutes on that. Bama Bob Trent and I go around college football to start hour two. Tom Cakert on the Hawks. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. I.com.
Hi, Millery Condon. Welcome back to Morning Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get right to Nick Athen, ChiefsFocus.com. Spend our final couple of minutes here, first hour of our two-hour program, talking about Thursday night football. Curtain goes up on the season. It's the Lions. It's the Chiefs. Chiefs without Chris Jones and, of course, without Travis Kelsey and without receivers who could catch the football. Uh, and Nick joins us. Nick, Trent, and Ken. Uh, look, I'm... They're going to be fine. I get that. Um, They've got Patrick Mahomes. uh, That fourth and 25 play, it hit Sky more in the hands. Would it have been a tough catch? Okay, but he's an NFL receiver. Uh, And Kadarius Toney was just just awful for crying out loud. Your biggest takeaway last night was what? Well, first, uh, ChiefsBlitz.com is the website, so I just want to make sure we get the the right website I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. I know. You're so used to the other one. It's all good, man. It's all good. Anyway, uh, listen... I was obviously, like most Chiefs fans last night, upset. And, and uh, you know, you take a look at it, and, you know, Mahomes did about everything he could. He, could. he, he put the ball in position, and guys just didn't make plays. I mean, Sky Moore twice just didn't have the, the ups to make a couple of key catches. Kadarius Tony, I, I don't know what it was. Maybe he lack of focus. It was too soon to come back. He missed too much time at camp. Um, you know, a lot of factors went into it, but there was also some – Pretty questionable play calling. This, I don't want to see Jets sweep, and I don't want to see anybody under center in third and one, except for Patrick Mahomes with the football. Um, the lack of going forward on fourth and one, um, it, 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 it erased a really great performance by the defense. So, for me, overall, a lot of positives. The Chiefs are going to be fine. This is their Indianapolis Colts loss for the year. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm not predicting gloom and doom like some of these pundits on TV have said the dynasty's over. I mean, <laughs> the Lions played the best game they could possibly play. Jeez. Chiefs made seven mistakes that any one of them had they not made, they win the football game and they win by one point, and all of a sudden the Chiefs are trash. I just, I, I don't get it. Right there with you, Nick. It's the overreaction, but that's what happens, and that's mm-hmm. what we do in football, and we finally yeah. get it back, and for a lot of those guys, they got to make a name for themselves, so they say asinine things like that. But yeah. the wide receiver crew is not great. We understand that. Looking down the line, if it continues and Tony continues with the drops and they just don't have a guy that develops, could you see this team, do they have the ability with the salary cap the way it is to go out there and I, I look at like Tampa with an Evans or a Godwin or something yeah. like that. If, if we get to October, do they even have that kind of ability financially? I think it's going to depend on what happens in the next 24 hours with Chris Jones. Mm. Um, The Cats brothers have been doing their dog and pony show in town. (laughs) Chris did his dog and pony show last night. I think Chris probably felt like, hey, you know, we probably got to end this thing. My team needs me. And, you know, I don't don't want to let down the the city and the fans. And and as many people were critical of him doing what he did and showing up last night, I think it probably was the best thing overall. Uh, It's my understanding that they're going to try to work something out you know, in the next 24 hours, if that happens, yes. Will they go out and get another wide receiver? It's possible. I personally think they should make a run for Jonathan Taylor uh, and sign a running back. Um, I think they need one. Uh, I've not seen enough of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah. Carlos Dunlap's waiting to sign. I mean, there's a lot of things that have to happen, but it's all predicated on the Chris Jones thing. So to answer your question, you know, in October, at the trade deadline, if the Chiefs want to make some, some acquisitions, they're going to need the cap space. 
And the only way at this point to do it is to get the Chris Jones deal done. And I think everybody realized that after last night. Uh, Chiefsblitz.com is where you can uh, see all Nick's content. That's his website, uh, podcasts up there, video casts, et cetera, uh, and columns as well. So, Nick, I want to propose this to you. There was um, a first half... Um, I think the Chiefs had just moved inside of, uh, of Detroit territory and Detroit accepted a penalty to make it third and 17. And of course, Valdez Scanling made a play. Mahomes made a play. I think Andy Reid was going to go for it. I mean, I would be, and I know he, I know he punted a couple of times, but that looked to me like that was set up for him to go for it on fourth down. They took the penalty, they pushed him back. Of course, they uh, they picked up the first down on third and seventeen. But but Mike, I contend that Reed was probably going to go for it anyways, wasn't he? Or do, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And what's crazy about all that is, you know, two fourth and ones, and he and he passes, and he he runs stupid trick plays on third and one in both times and they failed miserably instead of just putting the ball in the hands of your, you know, $505 million quarterback. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, that's, that's, that's what was so perplexing about the game. I didn't have a problem going for the fourth and 25 because, you know, chances are that the way the Lions are running toward the end of the game, they were going to get a first down no matter what, but why not? So if you're going to put the ball in Mahomes' hands, do it the entire game. I don't, I don't want to see Blake Bell under center. I don't want to see no gray under center. I don't want to see a jet sweep that has to go 25 yards to gain a yard. I'm done with all that. Just play some smash-mouth football. And and a lot of that was predicated on a terrific defensive line uh, from the Detroit Lions. I mean, I didn't think their secondary was all that good, but their front seven was dynamic. That's, well, it was so dynamic. The Chiefs offensive line had to cheat every freaking play. Juwan Taylor jumped every, every play. Every play, every, every time. I mean, you know, they, they pointed it out on the telecast, and they had the, the referee out there, and, you're right. You know he he set his feet. I mean the one blatant one at the end. I mean he finally called got it. Got to a point. Where he finally called it. But you know again, it, it, those are subjective. And I'm you know that's not the reason that she's won or lost the football game. At the end of the day, you know you just got to be you got to put the ball in the hands of your best player at all times. Indeed, and, I was going to say, Nick, uh, running out of time, I wanted to get the website in one more time, chiefsblitz.com, chiefsblitz.com. Nick, thanks for doing this. We will uh, talk with you, well, well, not next week, uh, the following week, uh, the Chiefs and the Jags, week number two. Thank you, Nick Athen. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Appreciate you. Yeah, good to talk to you. Chiefsblitz.com for Nick. Yeah, I mean, uh, Taylor learned a thing or two from Jason Peter. Yeah, that's the Jesus. way to do it, right? I are not going to call it every time. Just do it. Do it every time. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will start Hour 2 talking college football at Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.